You're listening to the Real Estate of Things podcast. Hi, welcome to Lima One Fireside Chat. My name is Josh Woodward. I'm the CFO of Lima One Capital. And I'm Nate Tronfio, Chief Revenue Officer. And our goal for today is to provide everyone some insights based on our conversations with our clients, based on extensive research, uh, and also based on our perspective as a lender. So we'll go through uh, product by product, business model by business model. We'll start with fix and flip, then we'll talk about new construction, then we'll talk about rental, and finally we'll conclude with multifamily and some thoughts going forward for 2023. So with that, why don't we kick it off and talk about some of the things that we expect for 2023. Nate, maybe give us a little bit of your outlook. What are some of the things that you're seeing and hearing? Yeah, so um, again, welcome everybody. And just for the obvious, um, this is a fireside chat with no fire, but we (laughs) hope that what we bring you is fire content um, that you enjoy. Um, But with that, I think, you know, to me, the 2023 market is going to be pretty unpredictable right now. Uh, There's a lot of variables going on from a macro perspective. We do know that uh, real estate is very localized in its trends and its actuality. Um, and so there's just going to be a lot of variance. And I know that may not give a listener exactly what you want to hear on a specific takeaway, but I mean, the first half of this year is a little bit more known. It's pretty challenging out there in the marketplace. The second half, you know, to steal a line from you, is it's a, a, a tale of two halves. The second half is very much unknown, and a lot of it we're going to have to figure it out as we go along, although we've done a lot of speculating and analyzing on what we expect. Uh, we've modeled for it. We're carving out our products for it. Um, and we can certainly get into more detail, but from a very high level, I think it's going to be a very unpredictable market um, with two different sides of the story, we hope, uh, meaning that the second half is a little bit more favorable for all things real estate investing than the first half. And we got some challenges that we're working through right now from a supply and demand fundamentals, uh, from a liquidity from capital markets perspective, uh, home price appreciation isn't there as strong, uh, rent uh, growth is changing and slowing. Uh, among a number of other factors. But how about you, man? What, what do you think uh, when you think of the 2023 market? Other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Jeez. <laughs> so there's no doubt that if you look at most of the forecasters of what's going to happen in the economy this year, it, it's more tepid than what it's been. So let's just focus on one thing that's most important to many real estate investors. It's home price appreciation. And so as you compare uh, the really sharp researchers and economists, they are looking at HPA that's anywhere from 5% up to 5% down on average. So if you unpack that a little bit more though, if on average home prices are flat next year, there's a much wider distribution. I mean, you also see forecasts where home prices are down 20% next year. And you also see forecasts where home prices are up 20% next year. And for all of us real estate investors and lenders who are buying or lending against assets that are linked to HPA, it's really important for us to understand that there's just this range of outcomes. And it's not even just sort of like what the average is and how wide the tail is. It's also about the pace because even if I told you today with absolute conviction and certainty that home prices are flat in 2023, of course, that doesn't help you much in a local market because there's so many, many idiosyncrasies in whatever given place that you're operating. But it also depends a lot on the pace. For example, it's a lot different. I might be stating the obvious, but it's a lot different if home prices are down 20% in the first six months and up 20% in the back six months of the year. That really changes uh, the fundamentals of how we all have to run our business. 
So I, I think overall, though, I'm pretty encouraged by some of the stability that we've seen. It's, it's much less volatile than it was even three months ago, especially in the capital markets. But I think that's also translating in some of the forecasts around home prices and the economy in general. And that does have knock-on effects for real estate investors and how they think about their business on a day-to-day basis. So we'll get into the product specifics. We'll talk about fix and flip. We'll talk about new construction. We'll talk about rental. We'll talk about multifamily. But as we sort of just look at the landscape overall, I think it's really important for investors to understand that there's a wide range of outcomes. And even though we don't necessarily know what the future is going to hold, I think it's important to build an extra margin in any project that you're doing today relative to where you might have been. With that said, the prospects look at least a lot less volatile and more clear today than they were. So I'm going to pass it to you, Nate. No, I mean, I think think as we look forward, we we have to look backwards, right? I think naturally we do that. And the fundamentals of valuations, which comes down to, in my opinion, a lot of just supply, basic supply and demand were completely thrown upside down and then flipped around many a times through pandemic. We know that that's an obvious statement. And then to your point, which I very much agree with sort of the pace of acceleration or potentially now some deceleration and whether it's rates or it's home values or, or other items is really important um, because at the end of the day, real estate investing, you know, it is a very much a people oriented item as well. And so emotions come into play. And the emotions that we all have when things are accelerating or decelerating quickly, you know, are extreme or more extreme than when they're more stable. And so we just saw that in the last couple months of 2022, where sort of the sky was falling and no one really knew what was going to happen. And now we have a lot more clarity. We see what the Fed's been doing. We see the reaction to it. Things in inflation is, you know, cooling down a little bit. We hope that continues to happen. But at the end of the day, you know, we also look at that from a real estate perspective. And as you said, you know, big word for me, but a little one for you, it's very idiosyncratic. And you can see that in some of the trends that we saw. So if you look at what, what you know, people call the boom cities, you know, list two of them, such as Phoenix or Las Vegas, they saw accelerated, accelerated home price appreciation uh, to pretty unbelievable levels. And the reality and unfortunateness is they also have seen a pretty steep decline you know, to metrics to five to 15% over just a couple of months. You know, all of that to say, I think we've seen some unhealthiness um, that has helped us all. Uh, it's a good unhealthiness. And what I mean by that is like home price appreciation, it's been an unhealthy level of climb. There has to be a fall. Things go up and they come down. Not all relatively, you know, the same, but with all this home price appreciation, we've had, we've benefited as a lender and a lot of flippers have benefited from expecting an ARV of a property going into the onset of an acquisition of a home to be 400,000. And then by the time they get through the reposition of the asset, it ends up being 450,000. Well, there was also challenges because, you know, pandemics have brought supply chain issues and labor issues that caused some cost overrun. And it sort of made up for that. But to your, the point you made as well, you know, we need to all be extremely diligent in this market because trends are changing and we don't know if we're going to be decelerating at a steep pace or if it is going to level out and flatline and then shoot back up or whatever it's going to do from there. But at the end of the day, if you're conservative in your analysis and how you look at making business decisions when investing in real estate, if things end up more favorable as they have the last couple of years, the outcome should be positive. If you're more conservative and then, you know, the market falls in line with your conservative expectations, you're safe. You hit what you expected from a conservative mentality. So I think that absolutely talks to the, the, how steep uh, of a climb or decline there, there is will really, you know, 
elevate exactly what happens. And we just need to be mindful that what's happened is not necessarily healthy or normal. And so as it's gone up in a, a regular fashion, there's gonna be some irregularities on the way down. And we see that in the boom cities and things like that. Yeah, and you touched on fix and flip. I mean, that's a good place for us to transition it and talk a little that's bit. That's where we started as Level yeah, One Capital <laughs> for over a decade ago. We've been, we've been servicing fix and flippers for quite a while. And we take a lot of pride in that here. We take a lot of pride in, in helping uh, fix and flippers continue to grow, scale their business, and more importantly, help the communities and revitalize neighborhoods uh, themselves. And we've, we've been a part of some pretty cool stories along the way. Uh, but let's let's dig in, man. Let's yeah, dig into fix and flip. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. So, so you talked about how ARV, after repair value, changes can cause problems or challenges for our real estate investors. But as you talk to a lot of those real estate investors, what are some of the things that are on their mind? What are some of the things that are keeping them up at night yeah. and or what are some of the opportunities that they're seeing? Yeah, I think um, I'm just very fortunate to have a, a couple of good communities that I'm able to be a part of at Masterminds, which is where I get a lot of my insights from the ground level of operators doing this at you know significant levels. And sort of unfortunately, but very intelligently on their part, uh, operators have made some really tough decisions in the last six months, many of them, especially the ones that are operating at a, at a fast pace, a high caliber, um, you know, whether you want to bucket that in sort of the 50 plus flips a year or 100 plus, you know, a, a, an investor that has an infrastructure and usually a team. What's been happening with them is they're seeing this change in the market. Uh, the intelligent ones are realizing that the risk uh, in the market is sort of been at its peak of the last six months. And we have to keep in mind as a lender, because it's, it's easy for us to ignore this, you know, that it takes real time and certainly real efforts and execution to finish a, a, a fix and flip from acquisition all, to, all the way to disposition. And during that time, if the home values are going to depreciate, well, again, that's where they see it as the peak of risk in the market because we have to project out on what the value will be. And what, what I mean by all of this is that a lot of operators have pulled back significantly. Uh, that's in marketing expenditures to cut costs, that's in staff and overhead, um, and then a lot of that has also led to, you know, I know a number of people that were acquiring 20 and 30 properties a month have intentionally gone down to a dozen. And that's because they see this risk in the market, and we all know the sort of golden rule of real estate is, especially in fix and flip, you make your money on the buy. Um, you know, you certainly can add value through a reposition and a renovation, but you really make your money by buying at a discount. And if they feel that they can't buy at a discount on later future values, then they're just not going to sort of make those bids or strike on those acquisitions. And they've sort of sat a little bit on the sidelines. They still need gasoline in the engine, so they still are doing deals. They're not completely on the sidelines, but they sort of bootstrapped down. They went from the 10-person team to, you know, maybe only seven people in the rotation. Um, which has led to less transactions, but from their perspective, less risk. There are certainly outliers to that, but that is generally what I've seen and heard from you know, numerous conversations with operators. But what do you, what do you think? Do you, you agree with some of that? Or what, what other trends are you seeing from, from our fix and flippers and, and, and even our loans? Even? Yeah, you know, we're really fortunate, blessed to work with so many talented, successful real estate investors across asset classes, but especially in fix and flip because we've been doing it a long time. And I, as I talk to a lot of our clients, the things that they talk about are similar to what you're saying in that it's harder to get good deals, it's harder to buy right, but also just that 
the people who can really operate well, who can control construction costs, that's where you start to win on the margin more. Now, to my point earlier, a lot of these operators are also building in extra margin in their deals. Maybe they were underwriting to a 20% ROI, now they're underwriting to a 40% ROI. So that trend I would expect to continue to provision for some of that unknown risk in the market. But then also just look at sort of what the data says and investor purchases are down 30%. So that tells us that the guys that Nate's talking about and, and the people that I've talked to are actually purchasing less properties because there is less margin and they are taking longer to sell. And so about six months ago, if you had looked at the average days to sell a property, it was in about the 50 day range. Now that's gone up to about 60 days. Now you may say that's not a huge deal, but it's about 20%. And again, it's a, it's a distribution. And so if you then start thinking about the, the fringe or the tail of that distribution, the things that are taking even longer to sell, luxury, rural, even some more like um, kind of in between our products, whether it's build to rent or short term rental, those things can just take longer to both complete and then sell on the open market if you're selling it. Um, and so I think that's just important for investors to think about in terms of how they model out their cash flows because you're not gonna be able to get in and out of the properties quick or, or maybe you will, but there's more of a chance that you want now. Uh, and so important to consider. And then from our perspective, I guess as a lender, one of the things we really tried to emphasize is that service level that you reference? I mean, as we've kind of grown up doing fix and flip and building out our construction management team, like our goal is to be rapid. Whenever draw requests come in, we're releasing as fast as we possibly can so that investors can move through and get these projects complete and get their projects sold, especially on the fix and flip side. And so I just see it as that ongoing balance between we know things are slowing down, every market specific, but at the same time, like you have to consider that some of those variables that were more in your favor now, home price appreciation, et cetera, are at the very least tapering yeah. off relatively more. And I think just another trend that I've seen and we've heard is that, you know, what's been so easy the last couple of years, mainly because of the first topic we talked about, home price appreci appreciation, is now extremely difficult, and that is dispositions. And so, you know, uh, I think at its, at the pandemic's like highest demand and peak, uh, from a, a market perspective, it was 35 days on average across the country to sell a home. And it's, you know, then widened out to, to the levels that you've said, you know, but the days of multiple offers on everything and multiple offers over your, you know, original asking price are a little bit gone. They're not gone in every market, but overall they're, they're sort of dissipated. And, you know, it's getting harder to sell properties. Whereas before, you know, a lot of operators had their acquisition agents just almost partake in some dispositions and now they're having to segment their businesses and, and what their people do and their responsibilities because it needs dedicated focus to properly market your properties and make sure they sell within a time frame so that you can get your return and many investors want to then redeploy that and go back and continue to acquire in the market. I think, you know, another just interesting point I'd like for you to touch on and, um, you know, I'm just fortunate to be here at Lima One for just a little over two years now. You've been here for 10, ten years. Um, so, you know, the fix and flip product is where we began. We've been servicing fix and flippers for quite a long time. Like I said earlier, we're very proud of that. So what's changed recently and what do you expect to change with the fix and flip product, loan product for fix and flippers looking forward into this year? And, and I do want to just tell to the audience here, 
Um, we are just very fortunate to have our CFO run product development. Um, and so this, I know, is a, a, a topic very near and dear to your heart. It is indeed. I, I don't know if fortunate is the right word, but it is the circumstance that we're in. So I, I love product development. I love what we do because our mission has always been to help solve problems for real estate investors because there's no such thing as a standard fix and flip or standard new construction or standard bridge. Like they all have their nuances. And because of that, like it's really important that we can understand and make decisions quickly. Uh, and that honestly just happens over time with experience and seeing tens of thousands of transactions um, and, and not just being able to understand the deal and make a yes decision, but being able to close it super quick. Because again, we're competing on the margin and especially now where there's fewer good deals out there, you got to be able to win very quick as, as an investor. And for a lender, that means we got to be able to deliver and close loans as expeditiously as possible. So that's sort of just the overall premise of what we're trying to do. And so when we look at like the landscape of problems <laughs> that we're trying to solve, like Fix and Flip is certainly a core product and something that I think continues to be resilient. Like even though, you know, a lot of people used to think it was a trade and it was just something that would go away and it was only a product of, you know, 2008, 2008 run up, like that is proven just to not be the case. And so what we've said, like, this is a business, right? This is not somebody's weekend warrior. And so we've got to design products that accommodate a true business, a true operator. Like, we're not talking about doing one loans. We're talking about doing 10 or 20 or 100 loans with these operators. And so we really try to create programs that maximize leverage, giving credit for experience and track record, and give the absolute best pricing that we can considering that we want relationships, right? As much as technology is important and we've integrated in that into what we do, we know that an investor has to be able to call us and get answers to their questions rapidly. And so that relationship combined with really good pricing, combined with competitive leverage, combined with speed to close and the service on the construction management side, I think really gives us something differentiated from the fix and flip standpoint and the construction standpoint as well. Thank you for listening to a fireside chat version of The Real Estate of Things. Do not forget to subscribe on your favorite platform and you can check all those out at realestateofthings.co and definitely stay tuned for next Tuesday. We got episode two of the fireside chat with my main man, Josh Woodward. More to come and we'll see you there. Are you a real estate investor looking for the right lender that can finance all your deals and help you scale? Lima One Capital has the best suite of loan products in the industry bar none. Whether that's fix and flips, fix and holds, building new construction, or buying rental properties, they have incredible financing solutions for it all. A reliable, common sense lender is one of the most important parts of your investment team. And that's exactly what you get with Lima One. Let Lima One Capital show you how they've helped thousands of real estate investors scale and increase their wealth. Check out LimaOne.com or call 800-259-0595 to speak with a consultant in preparation for your next project. Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate of Things podcast. Subscribe and tune in weekly for new content from the industry's best while we continue to unpack the nuances of this dynamic market. Follow us across social media for additional insights and analysis on the topics covered in each episode. And remember to rate, review, and share the show.